We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to GSPN. Thanks for waiting, everyone who's been in the YouTube. We had some technical issues, but hopefully they're all ironed out. Hopefully you can hear us. Let us know in the chat. Thank you for joining us. I am Ty Windish of the Eurostep, joined by the magnificent Jordan Tresky of the Win in Six podcast. Rocking a new hat, not a GSPN store hat, but that's okay. Jordan, show off the hat. And how are you doing, sir? Doing well, doing well on this uh, momentous day uh, for in Bucks history. It really is. Do you know offhand how many? Uh, what what number coach this is in Bucks history? I'm that seems like a Jordan Tresky thing to know. I think uh, it's seventeen. We're bearing the lead. Adrian Griffin named seventeenth, maybe head coach in Milwaukee Bucks history today. Actually, not officially, reportedly. Uh, we'll get into the whole process and everything. It was a little bit of a weird um, announcing. Thank you, Colin. Audio and video is good. Appreciate you. Um, we'll get into everything, all the reporting, all the everything that goes comes with this. But first, let's just talk about Adrian Griffin as a coach. So, you know, we don't know definitively what his style is going to be, his offense, his defense. Adrian Griffin's never been a head coach. That said, as we covered in our previews to you know, other pods about the coaching search, a long, long time assistant, an NBA player as well in his day. Um, so certainly, you know, not, I don't think, a, a fresh-faced coach, even if he hasn't been a head coach before. I mean, this is someone who's been around the league for a very long time, who's won at a high level, won a championship as an assistant head coach with Toronto. So certainly uh, as about as much experience as you can have without being an NBA head coach or any major league head coach, right? Maybe like a Euro League or something, that would be more, but this is certainly up there. Um, most recently with Toronto, has spent time, I believe, in Orlando, has spent time in Milwaukee as a player and a coach. Jordan, armed with that background knowledge, you know, what are your thoughts on on the hire and Griffin as a coach? Uh, first, I want to start off with the kind of first-timer head coach thing because I thought that was the opposite of what yeah. the Bucks would ultimately do. 
I thought that would lean them towards guys like Monty Williams, Nick Nurse. Monty Williams was not even in the top three. Um, Nick Nurse, as we will get into too, like was not their definitive choice as well. There's some smoke about that too. Um, so very surprised that it was a first timer. And especially like when we talk about in our mega like coaches breakdown pod of everything. Um, Charles Lee was like a guy that I was like, you know, this seems like a little bit inspiring to me at least. And we kind of, you know, part of Bud's staff and everything like that, like we got to know him a little bit, obviously not in the way of leading an NBA team or anything like that. But the same certainly applies to Adrian Griffin. I think Adam and I touched about it on a recent pod, maybe even from that same coaching pod, but like a lot of the guys that they were looking at, I think this certainly applied to Kenny Atkinson as well. Like, you, I I don't think they got pigeonholed with like, oh, this guy's this guy. He's a defensive-minded coach. This is what he is. Anything like that. Like, Adrian Griffin, if you look at all the teams that he bounced around with, and obviously most recently with Toronto, but like guys like Dick Nurse, Tim, or <laughs> Tim Tabato, Tom Thibodeau, um, Billy Donovan, Scott Skiles, guys that were, have been around the league have gotten multiple jobs um, at different teams and had kind of gotten the tutelage and just kind of, I don't know, kind of balanced out his, I guess, coaching pedigree. And if you look on Twitter, or social media, and all that stuff, it's very clear that a lot of people have been pegging him as, you know, this is a really good hire. It's really... He's paid his dues, well-deserved, all that stuff. Raptors players, Fred Van Vliet, I think, already, you know, gave his congratulations out and stuff like that. So certainly has his players backing that wherever he's gone. And obviously, as we came to learn in this process, uh, got the backing of the biggest player in Bucks uh, organization. So that's that means a great deal already, you know, from the jump. Yeah, it does. I mean, this isn't like... Um, you know, someone like Jordy Fernandez, who I was high on very early in the process, who I think seen as an offensive savant, probably doesn't have that stature around the league, though, right? I mean, a younger person in general and, and just hasn't been around as much. Um, I, I think it has been pretty enlightening. I haven't seen as many of the posts myself, but I know a lot of people have been sending them or saying, like, there's a lot of Raptors players and, and other people around the league who seem to be complimenting this hire, um, which I think that stuff matters maybe more than than people would think. Um, you know, I think it's a little funny, uh, when nurse was officially dismissed from Toronto, there wasn't all that much public sentiment. And the funny thing, the drew holiday comments on nurse, and we'll get to nurse more later. Everyone said, Oh, this is a ringing endorsement of nurse. I don't know if it really was. It seemed like more just stating facts to me, to be honest. And drew, obviously, you know, I'd say knowing that there was at that time, it felt like a pretty good chance, like a coin flip chance or better. That would be his next head coach. Um, I don't know if it was the most ringing endorsement, honestly, of Nick Nurse. I think given the circumstance, that was a pretty objective take on Nick Nurse. It does not seem like Adrian Griffin is maybe as volatile personality-wise uh, as Nurse from from what we've seen. From I know we both read the great Eric Kareen from The Athletic piece kind of living in his shoes for a week or accompanying him for a week as lead assistant. And I want to dig into that because I felt like it was – Pretty, pretty revealing, pretty telling about, you know, some crucial details of both professionally and personally what, what Griffin is known to be like. From the work side of it, certainly seems like someone who puts in a lot of work. And maybe that's just every NBA assistant. But, you know, I was not under the impression that 
lead assistants would be basically as soon as the game ends, grinding tape and doing scout for the next game. And that is, at least in 2019, that was Griffin's role with the Raptors. You know, he was coming up with a lot of their defensive game plans. Even as a lead assistant on that team, he and Nate Bjorkren uh, were the two, I think, kind of co-lead assistants of that Raptors team. Bjorken, more of an offensive-minded coach. Griffin, seen as more of a defensive-minded, although, as you said, he's been all over. Also, as a player, he was a, a defensive-minded player as well. That's mm-hmm. what kind of kept him in the league for, I think, close to 10 years as an NBA player. Um, but I said the, the thing that jumped out to me was the work, certainly putting in all that scouting work for every team, which, again, probably is really every NBA assistant head coach, but I didn't, I didn't guess I didn't realize it was as much for the person in that co-lead chair and certainly a focus on defense. And I think kind of individual adjustments is what came through a lot in that piece. Maybe that's just because that's the role he was in, but this does, it did feel like reading it. This is someone who is all over like these specific game to game tweaks. It'll be interesting to see if that shows through in a way in the regular season it really hasn't for the whole Budenholzer tenure, right? Like not even necessarily as a critique on Bud, the Bucks have just not been a game-to-game adjustment team in the regular season. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, the Raptors I think really were to a much greater extent. So I wonder if that's going to be one of the things we see this season is, you know, more fluidity in the game plan night to night or not. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the stuff that ultimately you – judge first-time head coaches the most because they haven't sat in that chair. But the fact that, you know, Griffin has really climbed the ladder and has done, you know, whether it's the player development side and kind of early on found his niche there and then working that way up of like just – I think that's what is more instructive about how these coaches just get to where they are and why the step from – and we saw this with Darvin, you know, firsthand – the step from going from you're the lead assistant guy, you're talked about as, hey, you know, if you're a team that needs a new voice or a guy that needs a uh, to take that next step in his career, um, this is the guy that they should hire. That was certainly said about Griffin a lot, and he's been interviewing for head coaching gigs even way back to 2013 with the 76ers when they eventually hired Brett Brown. Um, and then, you know, I, I just think it's like, you you climb that ladder and then it's the hardest step that you have to ultimately take is when another team like looks at you as, hey, this is the guy that we want as our head coach. I think from the Bucks side of things, again, going back to that first timer thing, we we kind of look at, you know, how the season ended and how it fell like a house of cards. But like I was kind of thinking about it, especially in Chris's sense, like his season was incredibly trying. And we talk about like his you know own journey of trying to get back on the court, but he dealt with a massive personal tragedy to start the year with his dad dying and stuff like that. And it just felt like, you know, there's a lot of things that like kind of rethinking back on how the season ended and just how it went. And like there was certainly some smoke that I think we knew was there and it ultimately led to their downfall, but obviously far greater and far faster than we ever envisioned. And I think from, you know, whether how big of a, a factor that they consider this in this process is like getting a guy that can just rally the troops and just kind of yeah. solidify things yeah. again, because it, it just fell so fast. And you 
ultimately just ask these questions like how how and why did this happen so fast you know yeah so that is that is a big thing that adrian griffin is going to be asking and having to answer and i don't envy him on that part at all yeah no no kidding um yeah i think it's a great point i mean uh you know, we talked about, uh, at least my part with Adam, um, when the finalists, the top three list came out, the report that, you know, some players didn't feel as close of a connection with Bud, which really, I think, blindsided us. I think we always, yeah. I guess, just assumed everything was all good. I, I don't know. Again, we don't know which players. Um, Bobby Portis's tweets about Darvin Ham, though, I think were also a little coloring. And, you know, you don't want to read too much in all of that. But I, I do think kind of those things trickling out. Coupled with, um, you know, Giannis's uh, maybe insistence, and we'll get into the reports, or, or at least preference. Endorsement. Endorsement, thank you, of Adrian Griffin. Um, it does seem like kind of surprise. I mean, I think it's – I think there's a lot of people who actually won't like this because there was a thought that, you know, the Bucks need a hard ass, right? And that's, that would have been nurse. If that's yeah. what they felt like they needed, that was the hire if, if available to them. I, you know, we'll, we'll dive into it. We probably won't know for sure. Today, what exactly happened? Maybe ever. Who knows? Um, this doesn't seem like that higher either. This seems connecting in almost more of a personal way. Um, but I, I don't think that's a negative. You know, I don't think that means that the team won't be inspired. I don't think that the, that means the team will be too comfortable, especially early on, because, you know, this seems like something that, like, I don't think years one and two, any of this stuff was around, like, the relationship between Bud and the players at all. I think, as we've talked about, kind of year over year doing the same things. They change it up some, but just getting a little too comfortable and habit and routine and everything, that's all going to change to some extent. I mean, it might not be a radically different. It might it might be a very similar roster. They might have some similar schematic things, but, you know, changing the head coach is going to bring changes that we'll never know about, right? Like, they, like the little things, how they practice. Um, there was a bit about Nick Nurse, you know, giving giving more days off to the assistants and and that sort of thing taking off some shoot-arounds, like these little things that, you know, we don't really have that much insight on, all of that's probably going to change a little bit, right? Like it, it's it's a yep. wholesale change at the top. So it's just going to be a, a shakeup. And I think it may – just making the coaching change in itself may jolt the players a bit. I mean, I think certainly will actually jolt the players a bit because, you know, they were so entrenched and now suddenly it's 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 all going to be different. Um, I, I guess – what are your expectations for what the team will look like schematically? Obviously, you know, we don't know exacts, but given the playoff issues in the last few years, the way they went out this year, you know, what would your expectation be for what this team will look like? Knowing that we haven't heard from Griffin yet, you know, we'll, we'll probably get some more insight in the first press conference. We'll certainly be back to record after that, whenever it is. Um, but what are your thoughts without having the uh, the insight of, hearing from the new coach we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I think that is... The I I won't surprise anyone with not having the answer because I think a lot of it is like okay it it was so focused on we need a coach we need a coach who do you what do you ultimately want out of a new coach now it's like okay if if indications are with how the process played out and the fact that it wasn't just Giannis playing a role in this hire. Uh, Chris Middleton was reportedly within the mix of like is this a guy that we ultimately want to be the next coach of the team. Now it's going to be about, okay, how do we have, what players are going to fit around the vision that Adrian Griffin has? Because I have no doubt that the questions that they were asking um, the players is like, or the questions that the front office was asking Adrian Griffin is how are, how do you, what do you think? Like, who do you believe in? How, what changes have to be made? Is it just more than just, you know, schematically and all that stuff? Is it personnel driven? What can you do with the roster that exists? And what can you do with what we feel like we're, you know, budgeting how we're going to do things, you know, going into this offseason and the next couple of years? Because as my biggest worry in this whole process was that, like, are they just looking this at, or looking at this hire as like a mercenary guy? Is it just going to be a one to two year thing? Giannis's contract runs until 2025 until he can exercise an option and stuff like that. So it's like, it's a very short shelf life and you want to maximize the most out of it. But is it like, okay, we want to put him in the best position to succeed for, you know, now contending for championships and everything like that. But ultimately I would, (laughs) where I stand is like, I want to see Adrian Griffin or the, you know, before it was him, the next Bucks head coach to survive for years on that, because that's why I ultimately won it with Bud. Uh, I didn't want that with Jason Kidd <laughs> before that. After the I mean, answer, probably, probably like the first year we did, right? The first, I mean, yeah, first before, year, first year. Yeah, it 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 fell pretty quickly, but it's yeah. like that's where it's like, how does this, how does this window just sustain itself? And I don't know. I I think. His background with the Raptors and with Nurse kind of shows, a, you know, the e- experimental side that you're willing to do everything regardless of 
whether your personnel meets those needs or vice versa. Um, but you know, it's it, it's just so hard evaluating guys that have had not sat at that you know lead chair, I guess. And what we think of the Bucks roster now is going to change in what four to five weeks. You know, it it doesn't. Yeah. It's a tough question to ask and tough question to answer. So I don't, I don't know. It is. I'll, I'll take a swing. I mean, I think the 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 reaction to Griffin being Giannis's guy is probably a little overblown. Maybe more than a little overblown in some instances. Like, you know, do I think that the Bucks front office, Braintree, Horst, and ownership thought that? This was a horrible hire, but Giannis said yes, so that's the coach? No. No, right? Like, I think Griffin made the top three, and then at some point, when the, the, the reporting was initially, that at that point now Giannis is kind of going to be looped in more to these conversations. Yeah. I don't think that this is someone who the org was like, oh, this is not a very good coach. Oh, Giannis likes him. We have to hire him. So presumably this would mean that this is a coach who his ideas and his connections, connection with Giannis is Giannis feels good about how he's going to use Giannis, right? I mean, the rest of the yeah. team too, but I, I would have to imagine that at least some of that connection, and maybe it's just, you know, a genuine personal connection. I'm sure there's an element of that too, but, you know, this isn't like, oh, this is Giannis's buddy, so it's going to be head co- his new head coach, right? Like, I think this is the head coach that impressed and inspired Giannis enough to put his weight out there. And now we've basically every outlet now, by the way, has gone with the honest thing. Like this is not yep. this is not just like, oh, something being put out there to cover this agenda or that agenda. Chris Haynes, I think Woj, I think Shams, I know Sh- I know Woj and, and Chris Haynes and Mark Stein have all reported that now. And you know, these are not guys who just copy paste the other reports. Like this is this is out there. And also Haynes is has a closer relationship with Giannis. So I, I definitely buy it. If it's coming yep. from Haynes, I would imagine. I mean, the, the, we don't hear much about Giannis's gripes with the team. That blissfully, it, it doesn't come out all that often. The adjustments talk and wanting to guard star players more. I'm gonna find that very interesting and really keep an eye on that. Um, I think Giannis as the help defender should still be a primary thing. I I would I would not bet, but I would have a strong inclination that the Bucks are going to hit the Giannis toggle more. Right. I think we're going to see Giannis get to defend these guys some more. And I don't hate it. You know, I like Giannis as a help defender, especially if it's the secondary option. If it's like the Drew and whoever else guarding a player isn't working, why not? I mean, that's that was the adjustment that let the Raptors led to the Raptors beating the Bucks in 19. Kawhi said, I'm just going to do it. And we've seen Jimmy Butler guard Jason Tatum in these playoffs, right? Like, you know, maybe it doesn't apply to a player like Jokic, but. A lot of the top flight two-way superstars in the league, as great as you can be in an off-ball role, you can really stamp on a series more if you're doing it both ways. And it's hard. I mean, it's going to be a challenge for Giannis if, he's, if he is doing this more often. But I, I think that that may be part of it. I think offensively, we'll have to see. Um, that's really where this could go swing one of two ways. I mean, I'm hoping that this isn't necessarily going to be just like point Giannis offensively because we've seen him have so much success as a roller. And I really hope that the offense features more of putting Giannis in advantageous positions versus Giannis just trying to barrel through everyone. But I'm not going to make any snap judgments there. I do think the most we've heard from Giannis about his 
discontent with how the Bucks have done things has had to do defensively, adjustments-wise. I yep. think we're going to see a more fluid defense. I think we may see Giannis more involved on that end, too. Yeah, that for sure. And I don't think that just because Bud's gone and Griffin's in now, I don't think that that philosophy has changed. I do believe that is a an organizational thing of like, we view that side of the ball as the key to our success moving forward because Griffin being the higher speaks to that too. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that I totally agree with you there that like, I think there's going to be a little bit more um, unpredictability. um, That's for sure. Whether some things, the core tenants remain or how they play or how they set up on that side of the ball. It (laughs) defense is not like there's different ways to play it, but they're like, it's, people kind of blend everything together and it's just a matter of like, okay, can we do it when we are a little bit more, you know, not like locked in in our ways or kind of can, can teams not <laughs> easily adjust to how to beat us because, you know, the Bucks did have a calling card for all the things that made them so great at that side of the ball. But yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think it is how the Bucks look, especially how Giannis is utilized in a lot of ways. I think, will be very interesting to see how that is bore on the court and how what, if anything, trickles out from, you know, the few introductory things that we start to see with um, Griffin now being hired. Interesting piece in, in Woj's story on this, who did, he confirmed that Giannis spoke to the top three candidates. Griffin has history with Horst. They were both in the Bucks org when Griffin was an Came assistant in- coach. In 2008. So that's an interesting I, – I didn't realize that. And that, again, like I don't I don't like this narrative that it's like, oh, everybody wanted Nurse and Giannis barges in and says Griffin. Like maybe maybe that's the case. It doesn't sound like the Giannis we've known. Um, I guess the press conference after the playoffs didn't also sound like that Giannis either. But I just I, – I really – I'm not going to go with that until we get more concrete. And I don't think that's that's exactly how this went. The other thing with Griffin as a coach that I think is going to be talked about a lot, and it's funny because you know some folks, Rohan and later myself included, wanted Chris Quinn from the Heat organization. Obviously, they have this until recently inspiring playoff run. We'll see how that goes for them later tonight. Um, but you know, get that Heat culture right. A big part of Heat culture is Jimmy Butler, and Adrian Griffin is someone Butler when he won Most Improved credited with a lot of that improvement with spending time working with him. And I thought it was interesting at the time that, you know, they had Nurse who was the championship guy and the guru and everything else. Kenny Atkinson and Adrian Griffin, though, had more of a development side to them, I I think, more clearly. And, you know, who knows how that development will translate. I mean, of course, Griffin won't be able to work hands-on with someone as much as he worked with Jimmy Butler under the Tom Thibodeau's Bulls. But I was actually recently watching a Jimmy Butler interview where he talked about the Bulls culture when he came in there, it, confrontational, but almost in a, a communicative way. And that's why he is how he is. Like someone makes a mistake, you don't just let it go, you call it out. And he was referring to that as, you know, that's why it didn't work for me in Minnesota because they just, they, they wouldn't look you in the eye, right? And I think, you know, who knows how much of that Griffin still has and what that relationship is like anymore. But that kind of idea is interesting to me too, because I do feel like, the Bucks, especially this year, didn't have enough confrontational in them. Um, and we, we didn't see practices, but on the court, you know, big games. 
and they're just getting blown out. And as much as we ho-hummed it at the time, that was concerning. And I think it, it kind of did. It did have yeah. long-term ramifications for them later on. Like they got punched and they just took it. Griffin, again, is not a maybe in-your-face yelling coach from what we've seen so far, but kind of that Jimmy Butler connection and that that culture that they both came up in the league on, I did find that interesting, and I do hope that some of that translates to this Bucks team too because I think they just, again, they need a jolt. They need a little bit more life, I think, than what we saw for most of last season. Yeah, that that's the biggest thing. I mean, you touched on Bobby's comments about Darwin, and I think from a lead assistant angle, like, or and the bud comments about like yo, it wasn't as what was the players weren't as um inspired or something like that. I can't remember the specific like language of those comments, but I do think players really respect having some a conduit of sorts of like. That's why Udonis Haslam is so valued to the Heat in that way, where he doesn't play but knows what the coaches expect of players and knows what or it works both ways i was about to say very very well and you know of course i screwed it up but i do think there is something there that you know your biggest your superstar player kind of value that and that you know there was you know whether it's bobby's comments i think chris you know having a role in this um i know people are already looking into that the fact that drew was not uh, reportedly among the um, uh, players invited to talk about, uh, you know, the, yeah. the top three big drama happening. Yeah, um, let's let's just wait. <laughs> let's just wait. That's you know, we the biggest question is already the answer with Griffin being hired. Um, we'll we'll see how those details emerge, but I do think it is interesting that they kind of lean towards a player background turned coach and you know rose through the ranks that way i think that's a little bit interesting to me yeah i mean i think not it i think the only one former head coach being in the running and it ending up being griffin whatever happened with nurse um is interesting i think we should talk about oh two you mean two though there were two. two. Oh yeah kenny atkinson former yeah. you're right you're right former head coach coming from the assistant role and didn't have the championship pedigree excuse me um Let's talk about the meeting that Chris being included there, I, I do think is it's it's news. It literally is news. You know, are we learning a ton from this? I think a little bit, actually. Um, yeah. You know, I, I always thought Chris would stay. I mean, there's been tough moments. The injury, I think, is really the biggest thing clouding this. But all along, I've been pretty confident that they'll figure it out, right? Like, I think Chris wants to be a buck. I think he said as much to Jim Ozarski uh, before the season, the great feature of going to South Carolina and, and spending some time there. He wants to be a buck. I think the Bucks want Chris. I think they should want Chris. I think even with the difficult season that you outlined for the personal tragedy, the injury tragedy, and, and now I think there's so much reaction to the injury still. From what we've understood and been told, so much of it had to do with not getting that ramp up because of the injury and the shortened seasons. He's healthy now, and there's nothing going on international basketball-wise that will involve Chris, I don't think. Uh, we'll see, I guess. I don't, I don't think um, he will be at the – what's the tournament this year? Is it FIBA World Cup? Uh, I think. Yes. 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 Yeah. So uh, maybe if he's on Team USA, uh, TBD on that. I think Drew was a lot more involved last time. Whatever. 
you know, yeah. he's not injured though, and he should have a longer offseason now. So I'm not as concerned. I mean, you know, there's been a few injuries now. I think a lot of them have been kind of the freak injuries until the knee this year. Um, I, I think Chris should be back, and I think it is telling that he was at this meeting. And I think it's yep. a positive sign that the org is still treating this like, yeah, I mean, I don't think Drew not being there is a big deal to agree with your earlier sentiment. I, who knows? Maybe he's busy. Um, whatever. I think it being Chris he's and Giannis on amp right now. No, yeah, he's talking to Roz Gold and Wu Day, saying he wants to be a buck for life. By the way, for the that, yeah, I think that should calm down the rumor a little bit. I think we should probably show that a little bit more yeah. before everybody's like, he's not there. Yeah. Why is he not there? Yeah. yeah. Um, any number of things, but I, I do. I love that it's still a Chris and Giannis thing. Uh, I, I really do love that, and I think you know, there's all the oh, the horse needs to go out and you know, swap Chris Middleton for Mikhail Bridges or whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay. I mean, sure. I, I think they should swap him for Steph Curry. Why not? Uh, oh, I, I think there's a lot of reasons actually why not. Uh, it's just not possible. Chris was great in the playoffs, though, and I love that, you know, even with him being potentially a free agent, he has the player option for this next season, that he's still involved with the decision. That Because we wanted some stability. We don't want everything to change this summer. At least you and I don't. I think that's a good sign toward that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, this is, I think the, the coach question was, I mean, it's massive. It's again, it's this AJ Griffin. You have the hardest coaching job in the history of the Milwaukee Bucks. That is yeah. plain and simple. Um, it's the, the stuff that makes me a little bit more kind of queasy or nervous is the player stuff because like, the new CBA, the impact that will have on a team like the Bucks that have spent a lot of money maintaining this roster, and your quick impulses to make changes. You want to make changes. It failed so badly. Well, we don't know how they're going to really want to do that. We don't know how they're going to operate. We don't know how if if they're going to want to you know trim salary. How are they going to add to this team or this roster when you have the last draft pick? In the draft, there's not a lot of maneuver, like wiggle room here. Yeah, in terms of making impact additions, it's going to be again stuff that happens on the margins where it has worked out in the last few years. Um, in that way, with whether it's Bobby Porter, Javon Carter, um, you know, I'm probably missing other the Joe Ingles signing was, you know, an inspired one. I thought it worked out. You know, what happened at the end of this year had nothing to do with. The fact that Joe Ingles was their I mean, biggest free agent signing. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the class and the options. I'd say it worked out pretty well. I mean, I think Ricky Rubio went for more, and you know, I think That's he right. got a lot out of got got a lot more out of Ingles than the Cavs got out of Rubio, for example. Yeah, so I, I think that's going to be a, probably the biggest question in terms of like staff and and I think it. I think side note. I know we're all you know, focusing on Adrian Griffin. It's going to be really fascinating how this staff is being built out, especially yeah. two factors of, like, he's first-time head coach. He's coming from a Raptors uh, background. Nick Nurse is also a, a coach that was probably going to poach some people that he wants to yeah. bring in. And then, you know, the ad and the Giannis thing. Giannis has rallied around these guys of, like, Sean Sweeney. Josh Oppenheimer was with Larry Drew and Jason Kidd left, got brought back when Bud was here. What is what happens with him? Like 
I'm not expecting a lot of the assistant coach coaches to be back. Josh Oppenheimer is the probably the one that I'm like, well, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Maybe they he needs a new voice there too. Like, there's a lot of things that are going to be fascinating on how this staff is being built out with a first time head coach, and then add all the other factors that you are in this. Mix. Yeah, I want to comment on the assistant thing too and throw a couple names out. First, real quick shout out: we have over a hundred people watching right now on a Saturday. Yeah, this is kind of crazy. On Memorial Day. <laughs> Appreciate you all. I really. Jordan was like, should we go live? I was like, I feel like everyone's going to be outside. I don't know if anyone's going to tune in. So thank you all for, for tuning in. Very much appreciate it. Um, please subscribe to the YouTube or pod feeds if you haven't already. All the links are at gspn.info. If you're listening to the recording, I'm not going to take the time to cut this out. I have plans later. So, uh, um, you know, if you're not already, if you're already subscribed and, you know, you're hearing that, thank you again for that. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um Chase Buford made his decision to come overseas not long after uh, the Bucks' job opened up. Who knows if that's has anything related or not. Um, I also wonder about someone like Sidney Dobner, who came up through the video room from the Wisconsin Herd. You yes. know, how is that, you know, it, it's kind of this weird delineation of like, are you more Bud? Are you more Bucks? Like, what is, I guess, what's the relationship? What is Adrian? I mean, Adrian Griffin, you would think, is probably going to have you know, the most say now, but as you mentioned, it is a little bit of a difficult situation to pull an assistant coach given, you know, here just came from Nick Nurse's staff and he's going somewhere else and he's probably going to take a lot of the other assistants from Toronto. It's going to be fascinating to see how the bench develops. I will say finding offensive minded folks, you know, at least one, that would be very comforting to me because I still think schematic wise that's the biggest thing they need to tackle and the biggest thing that's hurt them in the playoffs and you know if griffin is not the offensive guru himself if he's able to bring someone in who can bring those ideas that's fine too head coach is more than just calling the plays and making the rotation it's almost like a ceo in some ways obviously there's john horse and ownership too but you know of your part of the team it's about leadership, and according to Woj, that was one of the things that the Bucks really liked about Adrian Griffin. But go ahead. I saw you. You did a gesture. I just ignored it. Well, two things. Piggyback on that one. I believe he has a master's uh, or a doctorate degree in leadership studies or something like that from Seton Hall. Yeah, he just uh, he just got a second. He has two, I think, now. Um, I think yeah. he just got one like this or last year, and he had a different very, one earlier too. Very impressive <laughs> in that way. Um also, I think even Woj hinted at it on his little write-up after uh, confirming or reporting the news. Um, what does the compensation look like? Always a it's big question. Always a big question, especially a first-time hire. Um, that is another thing to kind of <laughs> – not to dismiss here. Um, yeah. but it's Probably very- less than Nick Nurse. Well, okay, let's should we should we get into the yeah, nurse yeah. and everything? Let's just do I it. think it is a I this is my likely outcome because I Adam and I talked about this on the last one six reported the other day. Kind of view the Phoenix job more desirable than the Bucks job, just hmm. because there's a lot more questions with Milwaukee long term than there is with Phoenix, though that could change very quickly. Yeah. Um, not he was not the the number one guy by all accounts, and he took his name out of the running. And 
Ian Bagley of SNY reported Friday evening that uh, key stakeholders within the Bucks organization were not all lying on Nurse. Kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, well, not surprising, though. At least not one of them is Giannis, but I, I, I don't think it was just Giannis. Is my thought. Yeah, I. That's. I read that as I. I would see that more as like a management. Yeah. Side. Ownership, front office, etc. Yeah. Um. Very fascinating. Yeah. I find that really fascinating, and the fact that you that you know you. Your first choice was essentially Adrian Griffin over Nurse is really interesting. <laughs> I yeah, don't know so why I'm laughing. There's well, there's an interesting <laughs> now. There's the subplot of, you know, did Nurse say no to the Bucks or did the Bucks say no to Nurse? And I think it's that. I do too, because you look at Nurse has pulled himself out, and then two seconds later, Adrian Griffin is hired. Like, and not just not just they made the decision soon after. I mean, it was, what, one minute? I mean, I, I quote tweeted with, I don't like how messy this is getting, etc. And I go to check my notifications, and Woj has announced Griffin. Like He, he opened that door like Big Bird in that gif, and he's like, Nick Nurse, burn your hats. I were, You're not coming to Milwaukee. You're not coming to Milwaukee. <laughs> but is, that, is Nurse leaking that to get out ahead of... Absolutely. You know, is it's Absolutely. such a and I I don't I, this is unsubstantiated. I've been told that Shams and Nurse share an agency. Is Nurse Clutch? Um, maybe. Now I'm gonna look it up. Or you're looking it up. I'll, I'll keep talking. Too. But um, which would just be another another level to this. Oh, is he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> oh my god. Um, oh. I, I think I think Halima from Raptors Twitter, who's been very very uh, great to chat with about all the Raptors stuff lately, was the one who tipped me off to that. So thank you to her. Um, yeah, that's um, that's sure something that you know, same agency guys. You know, the spin makes them look a little better one one minute before the news drops. Gross, gross. Um, it's gross. It is pretty gross. I've got yeah. to say, I don't know if we answered a fundamental question here. Um, yes, unless you have yes. anything else on nurse or the process. I mean, I, it was a little ridiculous, but I, I guess it ties in. Do you think this is a good hire? I asked the chat early in the pod. We're at 72% yes. So our watchers, okay. and okay. there's a couple of people who just came in and been basically like, Giannis is leaving, blah, blah, blah. These may be the people voting no. These may not be Bucks people at all. Who knows? Um, but 72% yes, I'd say is pretty powerful. I will say... I thought it would more likely be Nurse or Kenny, and I like Kenny a lot. Uh, that's that's on display. I am not anti-Griffin, though. Uh, my approach with assistance the whole time has been we just don't really know that much. I think it's a pretty good hire, and we just won't totally know, which is a cop-out, but we just won't totally know. But I do not put it, put it more clearly. I don't think this is a bad hire at all. I, I don't think that. What do you think, Jordan? I would lean – this is not a bad hire. Um, I think for where, as we talked about for the last however many minutes, where the Bucks are at and that it's kind of a, you know, criti- obviously a very critical hire in terms of just the overall scope of the franchise and moving forward. I do think this is a very much rally the troops kind of moment and getting someone that is a leader of, you know, leader of men, rally, you know, that kind of prototypical stuff that comes with guys that, you know, have players' ear and has their respect and all that stuff. 
you couple that with the fact that he again he's not he has not been a head coach before. It's very interesting to me. I think this is the most interesting direction that they could have gone, frankly. And we were talking about this pre-pod. Like, I think the if it was Nurse or Atkinson, guys that had been head coaches before, we would have given them a little bit benefit of the doubt of like they know what they're doing, they've done this before, and blah, 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 blah. Frankly, I would take that also with like I would have probably had harder expectations for those guys because they have done it before, because they have experience of you know being around championship rosters. Not that Adrian Griffin doesn't, but like it's a little bit different when you're the head coach, or I guess Kenny Atkinson was not a head coach of the Warriors, but you know what I'm trying to say here. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting to me that you're doing that with a guy that has you know a very multifaceted background of like being with different coaching staffs have operated differently over the years and has, you know, interviewed for plenty of jobs and just seen everything really for the last 30 years. He, whether it's being a player or being a coach. Um, so yeah, I'm very, it, I, I still am going to have high expectations of Adrian Griffin but I do think I would have – I think I have a longer runway of, like, having him figure things out. Because if it was Nick Nurse, I would, frankly, <laughs> given my pre-existing biases here, yeah. I would probably have a shorter leash and be like, well, you did this in Toronto. Where's the things that you were doing in Toronto? Blah, 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 blah. And if, that's, if that wasn't happening in Milwaukee. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm standing. So I, I guess my answer is – fascinated and i think it's an inspiring hire i agree we've gotten a little more insight on the process now this is in the athletic piece that i think was just updated between shams eric name and eric kareen so the three candidates uh atkinson griffin and nurse were in milwaukee they actually met with Giannis at his house on tuesday so i i didn't i guess i what i, I maybe it's not that interesting i go into Giannis's house i i figured it would be Maybe in New York, right? Maybe at the Bucks facility, um, a very personal meeting. Um, then they all interviewed with Horst as well uh, and ownership on Wednesday, the next day. Thursday night then was the dinner held by Horst with Giannis and Chris invited to attend, according to a league source. So Giannis at least gets to meet with everyone. Ownership and the front office does as well. Then they make their choice. And it does seem like um, I think the athletic report is, and this is again coming from the agency shared with Nurse. He made his decision to pull out as the Bucks were deciding between Atkinson and Griffin. My read on this right now is Giannis. I think like Griffin, it sure seems like maybe did not love Nurse, which I think is fascinating. And I think you know, same Giannis, same. same. And I think you look at the lack of reaction from Raptors players when Nurse was out. I mean, you know, these players talk, right? Like these players have relationships. It's going to be very – if he does get the Phoenix job, you know, Kevin Durant, not always the easiest person to be a head coach for. That's going to be fascinating. I am happier with this than Nurse. I will say it. I, I think people are going to go, you're crazy. Nurse proved he could do it, everything else. I think Nurse is a good head coach. I'm not. I'm not – you know, I don't think he stinks or anything like that. I think the personality mesh, I just don't think would have worked. And if Giannis didn't like him from the jump, I think that's the biggest way you could set yourself up to fail. And I think yeah. that would be worse for the team than hiring someone who's not a hundredth percentile strategic mind. 
And there's so much you can make up for just by having fresh ideas and perspective, by bringing in different assistants, all of these things. So I'm with you. I'm optimistic. The expectations are high, but I'm optimistic about this. And I like this better than going with someone who, you know, if the fit is jarring with Giannis, that's, I think, the fastest way things can go, go downhill. Um, so, and I think Nurse, for all of all of his benefits, did not have an inspired offense in Toronto. And if he did, I would have been much more in favor Really has not. And the personnel wasn't really there, but you know, the Bucks personnel has had its offensive foibles as well. So I'm fine with the fresh voice. I'm excited about it. Um, I still would have liked Kenny Atkinson, but I think this hire is fascinating and I can't wait to see how it plays out in the short term with the press conference and assistant coaches and the long term of actually getting to see the team play. Yeah. And to your point of players not necessarily um Bouchy predictors. Yep. Jake Fisher talked about it on the most recent episode of No Cap Room, their uh, podcast with Dan Devine on Baldwin Live for Yahoo. Um, openly said, like, Bucks players can talk to Raptors players and kind of yeah. get their temperature on things. The Athletic, when they ran uh, their coaching survey right before the playoffs, I think it was very close to it. Nickers was one of six coaches that did not get a vote of players that wanted to play for a coach, which yeah. when you, that is one fifth of the league. Yeah. You know, not a good look, not a good look. And yeah, I, Nick nurse is a great coach. He's will forever be a thorn in the buck side, wherever he goes. And he is the bell of the ball. He's, he, is up for these other contending jobs. And I'm sure he's going to be wanted to pay handsomely, maybe even have direction over personnel moves and stuff like that. Like that, that could very well be in play in both um, Phoenix and Philly. But I, it's, I don't know the, the way things ended in Toronto and everything like that, that, that does speak some to something. And yeah, you know, I agree. I don't know. Yeah, I can't really excited to see if he if he gets a job this higher and, and what else this cycle, I mean, and, and what else happens there. Um, the other Griffin thing I think we should talk about before we go is of course the allegations of abuse from 2020 from his ex-wife. Um, Audrey Sterling is her name. Um, so pretty horrific allegations made toward Adrian Griffin. He and the Raptors had a statement that he basically denied it. He actually countersued for libel in that case was either dropped or settled outside of court. I'm not exactly sure. Um, there was, wasn't much more coverage than that. I think as an assistant coach, uh, it seems like everyone was just ready to move on and it wasn't pressed into too much more than that. Um, I would expect it to come up in the press conference. I would hope it would. I would be very interested to see what Griffin has to say on this. But so far publicly, you know, all of the sentiment has been it's not true. Um, that, that, that he has put out. Let me be clear. I'm yeah. not saying this. That is what Griffin has voiced through mostly his attorney and the statement through the Raptors. I'm not sure he's actually spoken to it himself in like a public forum. So I would hope that there's a question asked. I will be very interested to see what the answer is. I have heard that um, some of his children spoke out in favor. I haven't been able to find that reported or, or posted in a concrete sense. I would love to see that if anyone does know where that is and has access to those posts. Um, but certainly it's a complicated uh, a wart to this hire that exists beyond the experience and basketball side. Certainly don't want to gloss over it. Um, there just really hasn't been many updates in the last few years on this. And um, we'll, we'll just see what happens. But you'd certainly hope that, you know, the Bucks either feel that he is correct in saying it's not true or, 
you know, there's there's been some sort of personal change, if it is true at all. But um, I, I think the hope is that it's not true, of course, but the due diligence is necessary and, and he should be asked about it. And I'd love to hear his actual response, not just a statement or a lawsuit. Yeah, it is a necessary question. And I know people will bat an eye of like, this should be the reason why he doesn't get a job and stuff like that. And frankly, I do agree with that. I mean, I, we're not going to judge people at their worst moments. And even as, you know, I'm probably just saying something off the cuff and horrific and all that stuff. But you also have to answer for those things that you do. It's, it's human nature. It's things, this is how things work. And frankly, too, like, I know we're expecting people to be asking those questions. I'm sure the Bucks PR staff and everything like that, they are probably doing the same because it's inevitably going to come up. We saw two summers ago when the Blazers hired, um, Phillips. Yeah. And just how horribly unprepared. Yeah. They were for those questions. So much so that they um, stopped taking questions during the press conference for topics on his uh, domestic violence charge or, or something. I can't remember the specific. The, yeah, the, the, the pretty disturbing uh, past yeah. allegation. Yeah, and it's like, frankly, like, we've gone through this plenty of times and – you know, whether it's been players, the Bucks have had players that have had this in their history. Rodion's Kuritz, you know, was there for, you know, a few weeks, but it's still there. Um, it, this is just happens in sports and you can't just, uh, blah, 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 cancel culture, but like you can't just do that stuff because this it just happens all the time and people have to answer for those things. And whether they give those satisfactory answers or PR fluffed kind of answers, that's, Probably what's going to happen here if those questions are asked, but it's still questions that need to be asked. And yeah, it's that simple. I'm glad we're at a place in our society where we don't just pretend stuff didn't happen. I mean, you talked about Karuk's box about a head coach with um, yes. things in his past yes. and Jason Kidd as well. And I mean, that, that that's the crazy thing. But thinking back to then in what, 2015, did it even come up? Like was he? I don't know if he was asking anything about it. I mean, he was, it was not even was that settled. far removed from a DUI charge that yeah. was like really. <laughs> and the first commercial of like, hey, we have Jason Kidd as our head coach was him behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> God. So you know, optics are a little different yeah. now in twenty twenty three than twenty fourteen. Um, thank God is what I'll say on that. But yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna have to wait and see and see what if anything else comes up. Um, but I just it's important to not just pretend it didn't happen because you know he's the Bucks coach and, and we want him to succeed. Yep. And you know we are certainly not canceling Adrian Griffin. It wouldn't matter if we did or not because we're just podcasters. But the man's been hired to be the head coach of a team with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like he's he's not thankfully or not. I shouldn't say thankfully, but he's not anymore. Um, being held back. Maybe he was in the past, maybe not with the other job opportunities. Who knows? But he's got his chance now. He's going to be the Bucks' next coach. And, you know, the the off-court matter that is important, but aside for right now, it's exciting the Bucks have their next head coach. You know, I've been trying to manifest this on Twitter for three days. I just, it felt like they needed to get this in place to then move on with everything else. As you mentioned, five or so weeks away from the NBA draft and then free agencies like a week after that. It's a huge time for the NBA and for the Bucks, especially with their roster construction. It's a huge task. 
they needed to get the right person in place to, you know, Horace is really at the helm of this, but to be right there. And Horace talked about his head coach will be a partner with him in this. So I think Griffin's going to have a lot of input, rightly so, on what is happening. You know, and go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say the, this is the biggest thing or uh, decision that John Horace has had to make. Yes. It is very, I don't want to say it was very easy to be like, okay, we have everything in place. We just need to find the next head coach back in 2018. Yep. Of how do you spearhead this roster in a way that's upward momentum, upward direction. It's very easy to go from room from for improvement and then succeeding on those expectations or uh, fulfilling those expectations that you have for yourself. It's a lot harder where we're five years five years later and where the Bucks have gone and where they hope to be and how the things continue to sustain themselves. That horse, I I hope everything is aligned with how. This is going to go from here on out because that is the biggest question that they have to do. And it ultimately will affect his job security no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, it, he he had any or plenty of incentive to make sure that the Milwaukee Bucks are as good as they have been for the last five years and moving forward and in the future because his job very could be on the line. Oh, yeah. I mean, not. I think one way or another, this is the last head coach hire he's going to make, more than like uh, as the lead executive. I mean, it's, you know, in the absolute pie in the sky, maybe X, you know, decade from now. But realistically, uh, whether it goes good or bad, I mean, this will probably be the last coaching hire. And and certainly if it goes bad, certainly so. Um, So, yeah, it's a huge inflection point for the Bucks, And I think, you know, I'm not going to read much into it. It is inherently interesting. Chris was there and Drew wasn't. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to read a ton into it. I do think it's a little interesting given the contract status for both. Um, but, you know, I think certainly leans toward Chris being here. We've gotten reports about Brooke. That's a huge domino, literally and figuratively, to fall. But um, given just the lack of ability to open up cap space and, you know, really, unless there's some crazy sign and trade out there, there's really no value to be had for losing Chris or Brooke. So, um, I would still hope both of those guys are back and there it really is more marginal moves, but you know, we really don't know. Um, it's going to be fascinating from here. We're going to cover all of it here at GSPN between our crossover episodes like this one, win in six Jordan's podcast with Adam McGee, Eurostep, my podcast with Rohan Trusky. Uh, we've also got Brewers and Packers coverage. <laughs> Wait, sorry. What? I know you're in the club. Did you just call Rohan Trusky? Oh, Was shit. Rohan? <laughs> I'm looking at the screen. I'm looking at the screen. You guys look so alike. I get you guys confused all the time. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Rohan Cotty. Excuse me. Ro- that's a compliment to Rohan, so I don't feel bad about that. And a compliment um, to me. Yeah. I'll take it. It's a double compliment. Um. Yeah, thanks for watching. Usually Rohan does the outro, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm now especially I'll do it. I'll do it. go ahead, take it away. Thanks thanks for everyone for watching is my last yes. point. And subscribe here and pod platforms if you haven't. Subscribe here. All of our podcasts at GSPN. Thank you to everybody that watched it live, that will watch, hear it again. I know you everybody listens to it eight times. That's actually what I demand our listeners yeah. to do. If you're not, what the hell? <laughs> um have a safe and happy Memorial Day weekend uh, and uh, pod random pod random
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com